1: Welcome to the Viking Age podcast, the official podcast for TheVikingAge.com, where we cover the Minnesota Vikings. I'm your editor, Adam. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor of The Viking Age. um, And I'm joined, as always, by Chris Chad, who writes for us here at The Viking Age, as well as his own coverage. And bring me the news. Uh, If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to our channel and, and like this video. We'd greatly appreciate that. And then follow The Viking Age on Twitter. And Facebook, and then the audio version of this podcast will be available in the morning on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeart, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, excuse my voice; I'm a little under the weather. The uh, sickness has been going around my home, and it's caught up to me. So I will be consuming cough drops throughout this show, but that's what you just you got to do. Um, before we get, hurt, yeah. Before we get started, I just wanted to uh, wish a very special happy birthday today to. Mr. Fred Smoot, known mostly for his off the field uh, antics during his tenure with the Vikings. I think he was only with the Vikings for two seasons. But uh, yeah, very memorable, very, very memorable two years with the Vikings. So happy birthday, Fred Smoot. Hope it's a good one.
0: Very close to my birthday, which was on Friday. So it's nice to know we share technically share a birthday week. If you go out the other way, maybe you guys should celebrate it on on a boat. I do have a pond in my backyard now. <laughs> I don't know if you can get like a boat on
1: there. Nah, you can't get you can't get what was I don't even remember what was what the, the boat was called. Um, I don't know. Oh God, I can't even remember.
0: I, I should know it
1: because I've seen the documentary, <laughs> but Yeah. Um first off, before we get into some kind of significant Vikings news today, is uh, something that happened over the weekend. KJ Osborne on uh, on twitter.com kind of responded to a, uh, a fan who labeled him as a quality receiver or not a quality receiver. I'm sorry. Um, and, uh, KJ kind of responded and was like, you know, can you, can you, you know, what exactly is a a quality receiver? And this guy tried to like backpedal and everything and it just didn't work out. Um, and, and the Vikings official account got involved. The Caleb Evans got involved, just Josh Metellus, a bunch of other players. Um, and it was, uh, an interesting time this weekend on Vikings Twitter. To-
0: I'd call it a gong show, to be <laughs> yes, specific.
1: To say the least. Um, what is is KJ Osborne in your mind? Is he a quality receiver?
0: Um, let's start with the incidents in general, because I have a hard time talking about this, because honestly, we're giving attention to someone who does not deserve it. Right, that's why he's called a fan and not a reporter like he thinks he is. Yeah. So the thing is, the fan said nothing wrong. He, I, I don't think he did. I, I think the Vikings do have a problem with depth at receiver. Where K.J. Yeah. Osborne got upset is that he believed that he was not being called a quality receiver. Right. What is your definition of quality? If your definition of quality is a number three receiver, yes. K.J. Osborne is a quality receiver from what we've seen. As a number two receiver, I have questions. I have questions yeah. because I haven't seen it. You know, I, I mean, in his mind, of course, he thinks he's the number two receiver. I mean, if he yeah. didn't think so, I'd have questions about him and right. uh, everything else moving forward. But the guy has never had a 700 yard season, I believe. I believe it's either 700 or 800. Um, 700, seven. Yes, Yes. So he's finished just under 700 yards the last two years. Most of his production last year came in one game against the Colts like nearly a third of his production. Uh, He had another big game. I think it was against the bears, but they were tanking and trying to get the number one overall pick. So like they did not care about that game Um, for Osborne. It's kind of like, I would just focus on proving people like me wrong because I wouldn't go as far as saying like, no, you can't play wide receiver, blah, blah, blah. But I have, I have concerns about him as a number two. Because like I said, we, we haven't seen him play as well as, you know, some of the other receivers on this team. And and like the other thing, if you have him as your number two receiver, do I think he can do it? Yes. I I think KJ Osborne can perform in that role, but you have to also think what happens if somebody gets, so let's say Justin Jefferson turns an ankle. Do you want KJ Osborne as your number one Mm -hmm. receiver? And then as your number two receiver you have Jalen Naylor or something like that. And of course in the locker room, they're going to say, Oh yeah, we believe in Jalen Naylor. But then all of a sudden they'll get out on the field and go like, this was a really bad idea. This isn't going so well, especially, you know, in a season where you want to be super competitive. So I think that the Vikings, if they want to march in with KJ Osborne with a number two, it's fine, but they have to upgrade behind him. If that's the plan, because I don't think they have too many receivers that can step in.
1: Yeah. Um, I think as far as being the second receiver, I think it's a role that, you know, he can do, he can, he can do okay with it as a, as a, th- I think he could be the number two receiver, but be the third, still be the third option as far as like in terms of <clears throat> Justin Jefferson's number one, TJ Hawkins is number two, and then KJ Osborne can be number three. Cause you look at his numbers, he's had over 50 catches the last two years. I and mean, that was after the the first year when he even get any offensive snaps. So he's been progressing and he's been progressing in the right direction. You know, they wouldn't have beat the lions last year. uh, What in overtime without KJ Osborne, they wouldn't have beat the Colts without KJ Osborne. So like,
0: he got the game-winning touchdown against the Panthers last year, I believe, two years ago. Two years that's ago, yeah, twenty twenty-one, yep. <laughs> yeah.
1: So <clears throat> he he can make an impact, and, and and last year I would argue even that he made a bigger impact than Adam Thielen. Um, uh, you,
0: which you, is he, which is weird when you think about it, because then why didn't KJ get time ahead of Adam Thielen? Right, right, like that's right. where it's kind of weird to me.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true too. And I think, <clears throat> but I think KJ Osborne's young enough where he can still progress and get better. I don't think he's ever going to be a guy that's going to like shake a defender out of their shoes or whatever. But he's he's good at getting the space, you know, where, where there's spots to be open, catching the ball. I don't really remember him having trouble catching the ball. I know he had that drop or whatever in the playoffs against the Giants. But Kirk, even Kirk Cousins admitted that throw was that was on him because I was behind him. Oh, so I wouldn't even put that on KJ Osborne. <clears throat> but yeah, as far as number two receiver goes, I, I you know I don't think that I think the Vikings might be approaching the draft. With receivers, similar, similarly to how they're going to approach it with quarterback, where if there's a guy that they like, maybe they'll go, maybe trade up a few spots and get him. But if there's, you know, if there's receivers still on the board at 23, and they're like, oh, we need a receiver. We got to draft one no matter what. I don't think they're going to do that. I think, you know, they, <clears throat> they know what they have in KJ Osborne. They know what they have in DJ Hawkinson. They have Justin Jefferson already, obviously. <clears throat> and like you said, they like Jalen Naylor. So I don't know if receiver is like this gigantic priority. If there isn't a guy on the board that they like, and we've seen receivers in the second and third and fourth round make an impact as well um, in the draft recently. So um, what do you think the chances are of him opening up though, as the uh, number two receiver for the Vikings next season?
0: I think they're good. Yeah. Like I, I think the, I think Kevin O'Connell likes him. I think yeah. the coaching staff has a sense of familiarity with him. Um, Like, and I think Kevin O'Connell was quoted and I can't remember where it was, but he said something like he's looking for complementary pieces to put around Justin Jefferson. I don't think he's Mm -hmm. looking for a second alpha, which makes me think that they're not going to take a guy in the first round just to take a guy in the first round. Now that's Mm -hmm. where the quality receivers are, especially now where teams are using earlier picks on receivers Mm -hmm. because it's a preview premium position. But I mean, in this draft, when I look at this class, and I, I entered the off season pretty high on it, but yep. you know, Quentin Johnson, that's a guy the Vikings are looking at. He, there's a lot of question marks there. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a decent 40 time. I don't know there, a lot of people just, I don't know, something seems off. Mm-hmm. The vibe is off chief, right? Then, then you have Jordan Addison, who was awesome at Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. He's with a guy that could scheme open and Mar- Mark Whipple. He was at, with a first round quarterback prospect in Kenny Pickett yep. who may or may not should have had gone in the first round. I don't know that that's not even a sentence, but you, you get what I'm saying. Like there's just a lot of prospects that have that. Yeah. But, and you always have that, but it seems like a bigger. Yeah. But than in previous years. So if the Vikings wanted to go into a season with KJ Osborne as that number two, like he said, that's fine. You have to bolster what's behind KJ Osborne in case of injury, because Jalen Naylor can't come in as your number three. Jalen Naylor can't be promoted to your number two if he is. And again, he's another player. I haven't seen it yet. Could he do the same thing that KJ Mm -hmm. Osborne did and like just explode on the scene? Sure. But remember this time last year, we were talking about Amir Smith-Marset, and we're just like, yeah, that guy's going to take a giant leap. He was cut by the end of training camp. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I think that's the theory, man. I subscribe to it, too. It's just like one more receiver. You always have to look for one more receiver, and that's what the Rams did. When they brought in Odell Beckham a couple years ago because they had Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. And they're like, let's bring in Odell just in case. Then Robert Woods tore his ACL like as soon as the plane landed in LA. So yeah, yeah. I, I would take another receiver, but I could also see them being comfortable with KJ Osborne in that second. Yeah, I think
1: <clears throat> you have to worry about injuries because it's football and they're just they're gonna happen regardless. Um <clears throat> so you can't just depend on Justin Jefferson being healthy for the full season again in his career. He's been very durable despite getting like banged up every week. Um And K.J. Osborne, I think he's missed a few games with injury. Um <clears throat> So you can't really count on that because you never know with football. But then at the same time, I think if one of those guys goes down this, during the season, I think Kueh siadopo has shown already that he's willing to you know, do whatever he needs to maybe trade for somebody um, if they have to. So if like if Justin Jefferson goes down for a significant period of time, I would you know I would be surprised if kid if Adolfo Mesa didn't like try and trade for a legit number <clears throat> two or like a a one B kind of receiver just to to make up for the loss. I still think someone like T.J. Hawkinson would step in and be like Cousin's top target. But <clears throat> you have to you have to think about the backup plans, especially in football, because you just don't know. You never know. Things can change in a split second, just as Teddy Bridgewater. <clears throat> oh man, my throat is ridiculous. Um, speaking of last thing on this topic, if B. John Robinson, we talked about him in the past, you talked about him why the Vikings should consider drafting him, running back out of Texas. If he or any of the top twenty twenty three receiver prospects are still available at twenty at the twenty third pick, which the Vikings have. So let's say all the all the receivers are on the board. And B. John Robinson for whatever reason. What do you think the Vikings should do?
0: If they have to take one or the other, you know, I'm gonna get slapped by some like analytics people people. Mm-hmm. I would take B. John. He's mm-hmm. he's the best prospect on the board compared to the wider. And I know I know what the position is. You're getting rid of Dalvin Cook. I mean, we're not we're it's not on the outline. He's not today, even an OTA, but- yeah. Yeah, that, I mean that he's literally gone fishing. He's at a fishing tournament. Yeah. That, that, that is where Dalvin Cook is right now, and his agent is like his agent. Already speaking in the past on, tense. on podcasts, looking like he's going to go take gagger bombs with Johnny he's, Drama he's, somewhere. He's, he's speaking
1: um, in past tense already. He's saying Dalvin. Dalvin was in Minnesota, so he's he's pretty much already. They've
0: moved on. Can I go on a quick rant about that because that sure. that was super interesting to me. So, Hall of Famer Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, and, and here's the thing. First of all, Zach Hiller said the wrong number uh, when it comes to, I think he said he had 104 yards per game. He actually had 80. He had like his like 82. and
1: 107, I think he said.
0: Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, the good thing for Cook is I think there's like 12 running backs in NFL history since the merger that have had more rushing yards per game, and eight of those guys are in the Hall of Fame. So statistically, yes, that's a thing. But I mean, the thing that kind of got me was his shoulder. Like they're talking about their, oh, you know, Dalvin's been, you know, protecting the shoulder and whatever. Then why wasn't it fixed? Right. Like, like that, that's the part that (laughs) confuses me because if you go back in time and I'm not, I'm not saying this was the case. I am speculating, you know, 2019 he hurts the shoulder, right? Comes back after a couple of games. You know, Mike Zimmer probably was like, I'm going to cut you if you don't play. And he's like, okay, fine. Goes into 2020, he's looking for a new contract, doesn't get it fixed. So he's saying, yeah, the Vikings knew about the shoulder injury when they worked out the new contract. Well, yeah, because it never got fixed. And it's like, why why is this happening? Because if he did get it fixed, could the Vikings have come back and say, well, yeah, you just got surgery on your shoulder. We Mm -hmm. don't don't really know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So you play through it in 2020. You put up monster numbers, like monster numbers, because all Mike Zimmer wanted to do was run the ball the following year. You still don't get it fixed. You run again. a Big year under Mike Zimmer, right? Mm-hmm. And in 2022, you come back. Kevin O'Connell has this big plan to use Dalvin Cook wherever. Lines him up at wide receiver. Lines him up all over the place. I think it was, what was the Lions game, the third game of the year. He bows out because he gets his shoulder banged up because he's not wearing its hardest. Like he forgot to defrost the chicken or something uh, when he was making dinner. Like, wh- like and now, now he gets it. Now he gets it fixed Yeah. when coincidentally there is a $2 million clause in his contract. And you know what? Here's, here's the thing. Go get your money, man, especially as a running back, They are looking for any reason not to pay you because Kyle Sanahan has gone to the community college and started every running back and they've had a hundred yard game. Although he traded for Christian McCaffrey, let's not forget about that. I like, It's just like you can't sit there and use the shoulder as an excuse when you've been negligent towards it for the past four years. And maybe there's – I mean I'm sure he would shoot back with some bigger story or something else that's in there. And the other thing too, it's like, well, if he was in a bigger market, whatever. No, it doesn't work that way in the NFL. (laughs) Like this is green Bay giant Mark. Yeah. This isn't baseball. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody knows who Aaron Rodgers is, (laughs) even though he plays in the middle of nowhere in this small little town. Buffalo in Washington or excuse me, Wisconsin. Like it's, it's just stupid. Like the whole argument is just dumb. So, I hope Dalvin finds a good place. Yeah. I, they're, they're talking about cutting him now, which is really bonkers. Well, that's basically
1: that's basically a last effort either. Yeah. either That's either from his agent or the team being like, hey, he's going to get cut. So he's he's going to be able to sign with whatever team he wants. So if you want him, you better trade for him. Before they they cut The
0: Vikings him. have basically tipped their hand to the point. Everybody knows he's not like at yeah. that point. Why yeah. would you give up anything for him? Like if you know he's going to get cut, like you why would give you up something give if you seven? if
1: you don't want him to sign, like like say right. you think he's going to sign with the Dolphins and the Bills want him, so the Bills would try and give you a trade. seventh.
0: But yeah. I mean, they're not going to give you like a fourth or fifth. I'm sure that's what the Vikings no, wanted no, at no. the beginning. So I don't know. I I just thought the whole thing was really interesting and I will give I don't
1: know. Mr. Hill credit. He did say 107 total yards. Dalvin's okay, okay, career. okay. I just checked, and that is correct. He has averaged. All 107 right. total yards per game over his career. That's the number. And I looked player. at rushing yards only, so, yeah, so. my total apologies. Total yards. Well, it matters, especially when you're talking about someone like B. John Robinson, who I think, yeah. I want to say his coach, Steve uh, um at Texas, talked about how he was probably the best receiver on their, their roster as well. So, you know, you when you draft someone like B. John Robinson, you're not just getting a running back. You're getting someone who can, you know, we talk about Dalvin lineup in the slot or out wide. B. John Robinson can, you know, if KJ Osborne or Justin Jefferson goes down, he can make up for that, you know, that, that absence as well. If you add someone like him to your, to your roster, I don't think he's going to be there at 23. I think somebody's going to want to get him because he's just too talented. And at the price that you can get him right now for the amount of production, the immediate impact that running backs make as rookies, I think his value is just too high to, to fall to 23. Um, so that's it on KJ Osborne. So today, <clears throat> vikings players reported to voluntary otas for the first time i don't think they did anything i just think they reported and probably had like a meeting or something
0: but <clears throat> it's like uh what is it in college like the first the orientation. day you go, syllabus day like they just give you like the grade thing and move be in, like move in day yeah I, i'm mr shad here's your syllabus yeah. this is what i'm expecting yep. from you yep. pretty much <clears throat> i yeah. think they start working out like
1: well they, i think they're doing like conditioning and weightlifting or whatever for, until the to Rookie mini camp
0: With Mike Zimmer, they like walked in and they're just like, all right, you guys are going to run gassers on the, like, for the next two hours.
1: Yeah. Um, like so one person who's not there, along with Devin Cook, who's not there, who we mentioned is still fishing in Florida, probably, is uh, Danielle Hunter, who actually I think is hanging out with Eric Kendricks. They're driving around their, their cars. They're pretty into like uh, high-end sports cars, like Porsches and stuff. Is it like...
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. fast and furious just like
1: kind of yeah they like they like this <laughs> they like the sporty cars. they don't like the, like the souped up ones they like the nice cars like the the porsches and, and stuff like that but they're they're kind of like a i i've I followed the two of them on instagram they go around like looking at high-end cars and so he's probably doing that uh because neil hunter is not at voluntary vikings otas and he's not expected to be there according to espn's jeremy fowler today and it mostly has to do with uh, Hunter's contract, because to deal Hunter, a three-time Pro Bowler who has you know ranks among the top sack leaders in Vikings history, is only due to make five point five million in twenty twenty-three, which is uh, two hundred fifty thousand, just only two hundred fifty thousand more than Garrett Bradbury, less than Byron Murphy, who they just signed, and less than the blocking tight end Josh Oliver they signed. So. he would like a new contract. Not surprising, but I think his deal was always set up this way to to negotiate a new contract or, or figure out a way to move on. But right now on a scale of one to 10 with 10 being the most concerned, what is your concern level when it comes to the current relationship between the Vikings and Hunter?
0: Like we just don't know, right? It's maybe a seven. Like they worked it out last year because the Wells basically said, Hey, we want to run everything back and prove that Mike Zimmer was the problem. Right? So they gave him $18 million they, I mean, two years ago, Rick Spielman, what he basically did was just put a Band-Aid over the situation, right? And he's like, all right, let's – yeah, your your agent screwed you over. Like, here's – I don't remember the exact amount, but they gave him a lot of money up front, like, immediately. Like, he showed up to OTAs, and they just had a truck, like, this is going to do it? Yeah, that'll be fine. And then he – you know, did the whole rigmarole at, uh, OTAs. Um, this is such an interesting situation because he's 28 years old. He's had a couple of years with a couple of bad injuries, the torn pack. And then he had the, uh, neck injury, the tweak, uh, back in 2020. (laughs) But I mean, he still is one of the best pass rushers in the league when it comes to pressures. He's one of the top defensive players on the Vikings, which low bar after last year, but, He he is one of the NFL's top players. And I'm sure after years of being kind of screwed with that contract, which he signed, by the way, he probably wants some more money. Especially when you see a guy like Bradley Chubb get the contract that he got from the Dolphins. Daniel Hunter's probably sitting there going, like, well, I should get that. Von Miller, too. He's what, 33, 34, got a six-year deal from the Buffalo Bills. I know a lot of it's a lot of funny money in the back, but I mean, he still sees that and goes, yeah, I would like that, please, because I am one of the best players on this team. So at that point, you have to ask yourself, what is the time horizon, in Quasey's words, that they're on? Does a 28-year-old Ed Rusher, who probably has two, three years of good production left, is that player worth giving a top-of-the-market contract to? Because I'm sure that's what Hunter's going to try and get, is a top-of-the-market contract. If the answer is no... You try and trade him because he's one of your best trade chips. And again, you need picks, especially if we're talking about this whole, uh, you know, are the Vikings going to trade up for a quarterback thing? If you're going to trade up to three, you got to get some draft capital to build around that quarterback because there's a lot of holes on the roster. So uh, seven seems high, but it seems legit because we just don't know what's going on over there right now.
1: Yeah, I would say. I would say it's a six because I think we all we all knew this was coming. Like no one's Jeremy Fowler sent out this tweet, and I don't think anyone was like, Oh my god, like he's not going to, he's going to he's not going to OTAs. Yeah. Oh my he's getting, God. He's <laughs> getting five million a year. He's not even getting double digits um in cash this year. And he's worth more than that. Everyone knows that. So it wasn't very surprising. Um, but yeah, he's getting up there. He's in in NFL wise, he's getting up there. He's 28, um, <clears throat> which is seven years younger than me. So obviously, you know. He's getting up there in, in
0: football age, not real life age. He's finally getting up there, too. It's like yeah, it's there was like a, a five year stretch where it was like, Daniel Hunter's think he was, only 24. I think he was, was 20 when he
1: was drafted, right?
0: Yeah, or he, he was super young. Like he ter- he literally, I think he turned 20 that October of the year he was drafted. So he was yeah. drafted as a 19 year old, right? So that might be yeah. wrong. Maybe it was one year up, but I mean, either yeah. way,
1: he's still, he's he's been in the league forever and he's, he's still only 28. So he's got that going for him. So he's probably worth like another decent contract. But yeah, if you're the Vikings and you're in this position where you're going to have to pay Justin Jefferson, you're going to have to pay Hawkinson, you got to pay Darrasaw. Do you really want to invest, you know, uh, another lucrative extension in a a 28 year old pass rusher who has a history of, you know, getting significant injuries uh, in the last two years? I think what Kevin O'Connell and Quesito Fomenza have done, maybe, or have at least tried to do is, is model themselves after kind of the Belichick style of not keeping guys um, longer than they should like getting right rid of guys before they, they end up becoming a problem. They didn't do that with Thiel and they didn't do that with Kendricks. So I'll give that to them, but they, they kind of did it with Patrick Peterson. They could have brought Patrick Peterson back. He played decent last year. They could have brought him back and signed him to a cheap deal, but he's getting older and you're not going to give money to that guy. You got younger guys that need experience and playing time. So, you know, if the Vikings move on from Hunter, I wouldn't be surprised. I think he's right now he's the best asset they have trade wise that they can get between him and Dalvin Cook and Darius Smith. I think Daniel Hunter can get you the most in return. And I just I don't know if investing in him at this point in his career is is smart when you have so much other things to do. So are the Vikings better off trading Hunter, you know, this year or or signing him to an extension? What's your what are your thoughts on that?
0: I think they're better with him than without, but what's the plan for this year? Right. They talk about how, yeah, we want to compete. We wanna we don't want to do this whole tanking thing that Chicago did. But I mean, is that Hunter's gonna get a lot of money? It's it's going to be north of a hundred million dollars like whatever it is. And I mean, that might even lower the trade value that you get back. Like what, what do the Vikings want to do if they want to treat 2023 as a, let's just throw it out there and see what happens type of year. Cause that's what it seems like they're doing right. With all these cuts. Like if they're, if they're thinking about, you know, going back to Dalvin cook, if they're thinking about trading Dalvin cook or just straight up cutting him, it, it's clear. They are indifferent on 2023. I don't want to say they don't care. I don't want to say that they're tanking. I just want to say they're indifferent because, you know, you would want to get something back in return for Dalvin Cook. And if you're just like, all right, we're sick of this guy. Let's just get rid of him. You will have an eye towards the future, whether you want to admit it or not. And maybe that means, okay, we went seven. We won seven games this year. The Wolves seem upset, but... We can retool. We're a little bit higher up in the draft. It's going to be easier to trade up for a quarterback in a better quarterback class as well as people are predicting. Like all always, of those things. happen.
1: Always to, next year is a better quarterback.
0: <laughs> I, I know. And then we get there and we're like, well, wait until you see next. Like wide receiver <laughs> class. I, I We just got done <laughs> saying this, right? We looked at the wide receiver class. Everybody's like, yeah, there's some studs. And then it got here and we're like, hmm.
1: Next year, Marvin Harrison Jr. You know, I didn't
0: see that dude's yeah. a stud. though. He's good though. Yeah. I, I think they asked, what is it, Terry or Is it Brian or Terry that's the elder one? Because um, he had a kid that was in the NFL, but I can't I know the last name is Rabisky, but like yeah. he's been at Ohio State forever. Mm-hmm. And I guess they asked him, they're like, Who's the best receiver you ever coached? And he like, he didn't even think he's like Marvin Harrison Jr. And he's still got a year left in college. Well, so
1: better than David Boston.
0: <laughs> David Boston. I remember
1: yeah
0: I remember reading about David Boston mm-hmm. and like the mm-hmm. article was like, Yeah, he's got his nipples pierced. I'm like, people do that. <laughs> no. And then he's got like he had like two different colored eyes, and he was just like this roided out, like Madden created player, and then yeah. like his body just exploded because duh he was yeah, on Royce. Suspended. Yeah.
1: BED, surprise. Um yeah, I just I actually think it would be, the Vikings would be better off trading Daniel Hunter. I think you know, just just he's going to want a bunch of money. Like you look at the like the top ten uh, edge rushers in the NFL, they're getting at least twenty million a year. Are you gonna you're gonna give him twenty million a year when you have a bunch of other stuff to invest in? And I think the Brian Flores defense, yes, Daniel Hunter would be awesome in it. He would be great. But I think with the, that's the style that Flores runs where, like, everyone's aggressive. You don't necessarily need, like, a bona fide stud edge rusher. like Because you, you're going to rush more than just four or more more than just three when you're blitzing in the Brian, Brian Flores defense. So, you know, Neil Hunter might get better numbers in Flores defense. But I think the amount of money that you're investing in him, I don't think you're going to get that return that you think you're going to get from Hunter at, at his age and at his point in his career. I think he's. You're better off trying to trade him, see what you can get. Um, but it sounds like the Vikings want him back, but obviously at the same time they want him back at the right price. They don't want to. They don't want to <clears throat> mortgage their future in a guy who you know probably doesn't have that many many years left in, in the NFL. Uh, moving on to the last topic is the Vikings actually adding someone in free agency. Um, his name is Jawan. Williams, former cornerback of the New England Patriots. He missed the entire 2022 season with a shoulder injury, and he was drafted by the Patriots in 2019 in the second round out of Vanderbilt. I believe he's like 6'3", 210. So he's, he's got some size, but he struggles in pass coverage. He's a good tackler. Um, he's kind of struggled, and he came the year, he was drafted the year that Brian Flores went to the Dolphins, so they, Brian Flores didn't get the chance to coach him. He might have had some a hand in scouting him, like during the season before, uh, before he left for the Dolphins. So there could be that kind of kind of thing. And he and they ran a similar defense in New England when Flores left, anyway. So he's familiar with some of the stuff that he runs. But um, <clears throat> is this signing? Do you think just just a camp body, or do you think maybe he could actually kind of make a, a any sort of impact for the Vikings in twenty twenty
0: three? It's one of those signings that's like a coach comes in. And he just wants his guys who know his system. Right. And I mean, for a guy like him coming off a lost season, he probably looked around. And he goes, okay, I've only known the Patriots. What other place could I go that would help me be successful? And he landed in Minnesota. I'm not expecting this guy to be cornerback one, but the Vikings need bodies at cornerback right now. Uh, that is one of the concerns heading into the draft, because although if we, you know, Vikings seem to like a Caleb Evans. He had three concussions. You have to be prepared in case he gets a fourth or some other injury. Uh Andrew Booth, he said it himself. I've been injured since high school. When he was on the field last year, he didn't look good. Now, was that the injury? Was that whatever? Who knows? You have issues there. Um, you know, we joke about Kurt Chris Boyd all the time, but that's another body. That's another player that could have marched in. Specialty. Uh, you lost. You lost, yeah, you lost Shannon Sullivan. You just got done saying, uh, Juwan Williams. Tackles well. That would look great on special teams, right? Yeah, he got mo- he's
1: and he got most of his snaps. I think during his time with the Patriots on special teams, so that yeah. might be that. That might be what they're looking at to kind of maybe replace Chris Boyd and someone who actually has experience for a system too. So yeah, that's what they're I, I mean.
0: I I like the signing. I I, I don't think it's like an earth shattering like let's plan the Super Bowl parade, but I mean it's it's the type of depth that Vikings need to add at corner because there's not a lot of guys there. There's Byron Murphy and yeah. <laughs> he's a big guy
1: too. 6'3, 210. That's that's big for a corner. Um, Mike Zimmer would love that. I think he only runs like a 464, four, so he's going to get burned if he's like in one-on-one situation. But I think in like goal line situations, red zones, even like covering maybe tight ends, he'd be good for that to just kind of match up with with those guys cuz his his length is uh larger than than others. Um do you think this addition affects the the Vikings' plans? If they have any, I'm selecting a a corner in the first round or in the first few rounds.
0: No. If they want to take a corner in the first round, they're going to take a corner. I, you know, like I said, I think this is more of a depth signing than anything. Um, We'll see. I mean, what are we now? 10, 11 days out from the draft? Less than two weeks. I'm starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like, I... I'm exhausted. I don't know if it was like the Vikings offseason or what, but like I'm just excited to see who gets drafted, who does what. Well. Like I'll probably get into mocks next week. Like that'll probably next be, week. You're
1: getting what? In, in a 2024 mocks? In <laughs> the way too early
0: 2024 yeah. mock. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like a, a few seven rounder by Dane Brugler today who is awesome. So, so like there are different types of mocks that I pay attention to. Dane Brugler is one of them because he's got the beast which is, like, this thousand-page, like, scouting notebook, and it's awesome. Who has the freak um, list? Is that Fel- is that that's, uh, Bruce Feldman. Feldman. Bruce yeah. Feldman. Yeah, yeah, he's got the freak list. But, like, Dane Brugler's got the beast, and, like, yeah, yeah. there's this like, information on, inf- like, if you want to know what, like, a prospect did in middle school, it's in <laughs> this thing. Like, it is awesome. I I love it, so... And he what was also kind enough was, yeah. to help me out with a story. So go. I got to give him a plug.
1: Um, yeah, I, I was just thinking of before you brought that up, like the way too early mock drafts a couple years ago. And they did, I think, a shaded one. And he had like Mitch Leidner. As, Mitch like, Leidner.
0: First, first round Gopher legend. Gopher <laughs> legend. Oh, and every Gopher fan was like, what are you doing, man? And he's like, come on, man. This is this is. I'm doing this thing a year out in advance. What do you want from me? Like, even even Dave Ruggler's mock at the beginning, he's like, yeah, I didn't do trades, but I, like, just mapped out 239 picks. Like, calm down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. More and more, I think the Vikings are trading down. Uh, yeah, I agree. Unless, I I just saw today that, I think it was Schefter who said that it's not going to be back-to-back quarterbacks or, or even quarterbacks in the first three picks. It's going to be, like. Bryce Young will be number one, and the next quarterback couldn't could might go at four, and then I think Thor Nystrom added that it could be Will Levis at number four. So then he got C.J. Stroud yeah. on the board and Anthony Richardson at five, and then one of those guys might drop to ten. So if that's the case, then then the Vikings might what is, trade. What up.
0: is your like? Hey, get on the damn phone. Is it ten? Or yeah. Is it ten? Is, yeah. Like eight, nine, ten-ish, late yeah. top ten. See what if, you can do.
1: Yeah. If you yeah like I don't know if you're the Falcon and CJ Shroud is there like
0: you're, you're pick, sprinting to the podium you're gonna pick Desmond Ritter over <laughs> CJ Shroud sorry buddy yeah <laughs> we like you but we don't uh, like you <laughs> but yeah
1: more and more like unless that happens uh, the Vikings are trading back because they they need picks we know Quasey likes to trade um, and just like the difference between getting someone at twenty three and probably thirty five is not gonna be that much difference in this year's draft like it's it seems very top heavy in terms of the best prospects like you get a pick within the top 10 you're fine like after that there's there's really not much of a difference i don't think
0: and it's similar to last year where the vikings thought the sweet spot in the draft was that second round yep. it hasn't really shown up yet well, because injuries maybe editing hey,
1: maybe editing room will be good another year in the system it's gonna care. be
0: really like i feel like with adding like there's He's a really good run blocker. Like yeah. I'll give him that. I thought he was pretty solid in that. And they seem to be wanting to run more. <laughs> the efficiency in the running game. There you go. I don't know. Well, knows, man. he's going to be one of the interesting players to watch this year, but
1: it's going to be, it's, gonna, it's, I think it's going to be a weird draft. I think I like the first pick everyone pretty much knows is going to probably be Bryce young. And then after that, I, I don't Buckle know. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Like it's good. Just cause there's, there's, there aren't a lot of guys that, are really that you know like you don't you're not gonna get a guy and be like okay he's gonna be good he's gonna be a 10-year pro you just you don't know even with Bryce Young you just don't know yeah. uh it all depends where these guys land so that's gonna do it for today that's all we got um uh, Thursday we'll have some more stuff they went gonna play a little little draft game on Thursday get a get get more excited for that as it quickly approaches because it'll be a week from Thursday where the, the first round in Kansas City be taking place Um uh, draft this year That'll be be interesting. It's probably going to smell amazing at the draft. Oh, Uh, yeah. (laughs) That barbecue. Um, But until then, uh, make sure to subscribe to our channel on here on YouTube and like the videos. And then follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. And then the audio version of this podcast will be available. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, wherever you get your podcasts. But until next time, hopefully I'll be better. Chris and I talk to you later.